I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I am Jody Weitz, your host, strategic business coach, helping your company's vision and mission become a profitable reality. I am here with the Women Empowering Women team that is a cohort of Bay Area therapists and coaches whose mission is to create and implement high quality innovative programs that help women embody their passion, power, and purpose. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Hello. All right. A great team. I'm going to start by just giving you an idea who we have on the team today on the panel. Um, Some wonderful women, which I know you're going to be getting some great tips on how to ease overwhelm in your life. First of all, we have Gail Weiner, a therapist helping women and couples turn frustration into fulfillment by giving them the skills to create the best relationship of their life. Hi, Gail. Hi, nice to be here. All right, nice to have you. Susan Kenny is a therapist who practices somatic psychotherapy, a body-centered approach helping women understand how the emotions of anxiety, self-doubt manifest in the body and how to create confidence and joy. Hi, Susan. Hello. Ulrika Brodemark is a time management coach with a mission to amplify the positive impact we have on the world with our services that we provide. Hello, Ulrika. Hi there. Pia Darling guides inspired businesswomen to unleash their soul's calling and expand their impact, working with women to get unstuck to grow their success with confidence and ease. Hello, Pia. Hello. Cynthia Gregory is an award-winning writer, author, and creativity coach who helps would-be authors find their voice to curate the book of their dreams. Nice to have you here, Cynthia. It's nice to be here. Thanks, Jody. All right. Pleasure. All right. I'm um, just going to um, start the conversation and anybody can jump in with what kinds of symptoms and signs do you see in your clients and patients when they have overwhelm in their life? Well, I'll jump in. Um, What I see in my clients is confusion, indecision, um, a sense of just not being able to move forward, kind of like a a paralyzing effect at times. And everybody is unique and has their own experience with overwhelm. But but those are are pretty um, routinely coming up. Yeah, great. I was gonna say the same thing. Um, Scattered, 
high anxiety, difficulty making progress toward goals. Different words, but yeah, same idea. Yeah, same thing. Um, anxiety, uh, stress, um, a feeling of, you know, overwhelm, these emotions being bigger than they can manage, usually when they start coming in. For me, it's I start zeroing in on the story they're telling and how they're describing their world. And it often does come to the point of what's been mentioned already. But I also find that when they get to the point of expressing their overwhelm, they're well into their overwhelm. And so we want to dial it back. Right. And, and do you yeah. feel that they're, you know, I'm, I'm hearing things going on with their mind. Um, do you feel, Cynthia, that they can really express themselves? They're, they're not too scattered or, um, you know, foggy to tell you what's going on? That's a really great um, question. And they don't really articulate it if they don't have, you know, that awareness of what that actually looks like. It's a way they tell their story. It's like, oh my God, I missed an appointment. Or it's like, oh, I don't have time. Um, you know, it can come as a matter of how they feel in their body. So I'm really listening to the cues that they're using, not so much that they're actually going to tell me in what ways they're overwhelmed and how they got there. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, Rika, um, what do you see? Yeah, I think a lot of the same of what I'm hearing. But I think um, when people are in overwhelm, it's often that they're trying to hold way too much in their, you know, in their head. And, and this and that and I should and I must not forget. And there's like this kind of woo -woo -woo, like building up of I'm not on top of things. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just kind of uh, stretched thin, too many things going on. Yeah. Um, so it, it's an interesting point, Ulrika, and anybody can answer or you can answer it. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do, you know, hold too many things. Why do you think we get into overwhelm to begin with? Well, I think there are two main things that I see is one is sort of around expectations. And we might think that others expect all these things from us and we can't kind of hold boundaries or say no. And or, and, or we have these expectations of ourselves. Or, or, and sometimes it's actually like for me right now, I'm just eager. I am on a roll. So I say yes to this and oh my God, wouldn't that be <laughs> awesome? And I just say yes, 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 because I'm so enthusiastic about it. And I'm like, okay, hoo, 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 stop a little bit. What actually fits right now? What's now versus later? So sometimes it's kind of a positive kind of feeling like that leads me at least to being kind of overwhelmed. Anybody else want to pipe in about what, what drives us into this state of overwhelm? Yeah, I would say similar to Ulrika, um, you know, we get really excited. We want to do it all. And so we look externally at all the things that are there. And what I try and do is help people come back into their bodies to really ground themselves and feel, okay, wait. This may be something that I'm thinking in my head, but my body is having a really hard time regulating all of this. So really helping people make the connection between the mind and the body and um, using, using the sensations of the body that may feel like overwhelmed to really inform them 
and to begin to get curious about about what it is that they're feeling and if it feels comfortable and if they want to make any shifts. I love that uh, distinction because I think overwhelm is really in your head versus like arriving in your body and being more present. So nice distinction, Susan. Right. That that's yeah. a great point. Um, one, one of the things that I've noticed is that sometimes excitement and fear can feel similar. And it's really helpful to figure out which one is it or what kind of combination is it? And are there um, things that we can unpack together to understand if there's fear involved here? And it could be fear of lots of different things, including fear of saying no so that you can prioritize the things that are most important to say yes to. That's a great point. Um, a lot of people cannot say no, so their to-do list gets quite overburdened. Gail, what would you recommend with somebody at least taking a few moments and being able or how to say no? Practice. <laughs> I mean, it's a combination I, I, for me always. Um, what are the fears about saying no? What gets in the way? What makes it difficult? So understanding that is really helpful. And then um, finding that bite-sized challenge, which makes your heart beat faster, but it's still manageable and then practicing it on a daily basis. The combination of those things um, is really effective. Great, great. Cynthia, yes. As a writer, of course, I have to advocate that whenever I, I mean, I started writing because I was overwhelmed. And when I found that when I put my ideas on paper, it was more manageable, they were more manageable. And it was, I could move them around and I could organize them in a way that didn't happen when I was in my swirl. So I think that's a really powerful technique to just do that brain dump and then let it rest. That's a, that's a great idea, getting things in front of you. You know, as a business coach, I always, uh, I have this slice and dice method of looking at a task and then slicing and dicing it into smaller tasks and then reprioritizing. And it's amazing how much more work you realize you have into getting to that milestone or that goal. And I always tell people, these are your priorities, um, either for the day, the week, the month. So you may not be able to take more on. So just be cognizant of what's going into this task so you know that you can use the N-word, the no word, or the maybe later word um, judiciously and with a strong boundary. That's great. Yeah, um, I love hearing everybody's different takes and different approaches. It's really wonderful. Um, my approach with my clients is that I um, help them discover where in their body they're holding an old, an old wound, an old experience that um, left them feeling way back when disempowered and out of control. So that then translates 
when it gets triggered, you know, when, when that old pattern or that old wound is, is poked or something happens that it, oh, it comes alive again. It, it just, it's just present with them. It turns into overwhelm. That whole experience kind of comes back. And um, yeah, and so for me that, that then moves into the mind. The mind then, it, it triggers the mind to spin, spin, spin. This is like, you know, Rico was mentioning about the mind, yes. And, and Susan, um, and when it's in the mind, the more we're caught in our mind and all that energy swirling, the less that we're in our body, the less we're embodied, <laughs> the less we're in contact with our emotions and what's actually happening. And so, so to help relieve that would be to find their way back into their body one step, you know, the quick step, the quick fix when they're out in the world. Right. And Susan, you work specifically with a somatic therapy. Can you tell us how this pattern, and I love that, Pia, because we are all pattern and, and perhaps if we're unaware that overwhelm is just a pattern that, that we're comfortable mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. Susan, how would you bring somebody out of that to let them know that there, there's something that they could disrupt in this pattern? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the first thing I do being a somatic therapist is help people identify the sensations in their body. Right. And sometimes that can feel even harder because they're actually identifying, oh my gosh, I feel really anxious or I feel stressed. Um, but then I help them to titrate, you know, find other things either internally or externally, like writing, like Cynthia was saying, um, that will help bring them a different experience, right? So we titrate back and forth between, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed here. Where am I not feeling overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. And where in my body do I feel a sense of calm? And then there are all sorts of tools to help your body, your nervous system regulate, um, but I want to go back to Cynthia's piece about writing, because I'm really curious, Cynthia. Um, one of the things I do, too, is I have people write, but then I have them take the book and shut it. Like, literally, like, put it away, boom, under the bed, under the desk, or wherever, so that they can get some distance from it. Um, yeah. So that's one that's called an external resource, you know, where the writing piece and then just taking it a step further and telling them, okay, you can shut the book now and you get to open it when you're ready to open it. So that's one way that I work with that. Journaling can be such a powerful and potent um, reflection tool, especially if you let it rest. You, you, know, you write something, you put it, you know, close the book figuratively yeah. and literally yeah. even put it in a drawer and let it marinate for a couple of days or a week and come back to it with fresh eyes and fresh emotions, and you will have a different experience of that self-reflecting wisdom. Yeah. This is actually, I think, another way of talking about boundaries. <clears throat> this is creating internal boundaries around sets of emotions that you have that are overwhelming. And doing that, feeling that you have some sense of mastery over modulating your own emotional life actually is really empowering for setting boundaries with other people as well. So I see them as really related and mutually, you know, supportive. 
Yeah, and I think to kind of keep building on that, the one other thing, like, yes, it's important to kind of notice where we get in our own way or say yes to things we actually don't want to say yes to or whatever, but also to go deeper and really inquire within what really, really matters to me. So what do I want to say? Not just yes to, but hell yes to. (laughs) And then the rest is just no. And that kind of giving yourself time to inquire, like really, like in my life, what matters? And then have that guide you, you know, in what you say yes to. And and I think that's a great point. I think um, one should do an exercise every morning, but uh, of saying what really matters, you know, what, what is the most important thing that I can both be passionate about and put my energies into today before I just mindlessly read more emails or, and feel like I'm getting stuff done or, you know, making, uh, you know, those texts, but really prioritize what's going to make you feel great and what's going to move you forward on your dreams. And um, yes, Gil. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No worries. I'm so curious to hear other people's experience. Do you find that often in particular, I find with women clients, um, there can be real blocks to making your priorities the priority. You know, people are called on by their kids, by their partners, by potentially, you know, a paid gig as opposed to their, um, you know, entrepreneurial um, stuff. (laughs) Anyway, I think there can be a whole area of work that needs to be looked at, which is what gets in the way of putting yourself first. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, Anybody want to... Go ahead, Ulrika. I was just saying absolutely. But um, I think I always think about like zooming out for the bigger picture. And I think when we can see how self-care, putting ourselves first, like that's actually not a selfish act. It really is bringing our best self forth so that even like as a mother, if I am selfish, so to speak, I'm actually showing my kids the way of honoring what's important to me. So like, I think if we get a little bit, uh, zoom out for a little bit bigger picture, it's a little bit easier to find, like, why would I actually put myself first versus the short term I could like be left and right helping everyone else out and putting myself last, but that in the bigger picture is not going to serve anyone really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think so, true. Yeah. so true. I know with my, you know, with my child personally, like if I'm overwhelmed and I ask her to do something, it's very different than if I'm in a calmer place and I ask her to do something. So there you go. It's for me and it's for her and everybody else really, right? Because- uh, yeah, just coming from, you know, your own regulated place will help you interact with everybody so much better. And, and I think, um, 
Yeah, go ahead, Cynthia. Sorry. I love, thank you, Jody. I love the term radical self-care. And when I use it, you know, you know, all, take, caring for yourself, putting yourself number one is an act of radical self-care. And a lot, of, I get pushed back on that. Oh, I don't want to get radical with my self-care. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you really do because we don't do it often enough. So that actually even practicing self-care is a radical act. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm hearing that we have a number of self-care radical warriors <laughs> on this panel and I love it. And, and thank you, Susan, for bringing up, you know, your daughter, because I think we need to model to our female, especially children about the self-care and about setting those boundaries, because we are socialized to take care of everybody and put ourselves last and um i know that we are starting to overturn that but with the right tools we can do that neutrally we can do that with compassion with a, a compassionate no not right now or i don't feel comfortable doing this anybody else uh, have a suggestion of yeah. how somebody can move through the shoulds I, I can yes Pia. Give you my, yeah so how um i work with my clients when they're coming up against issues with boundaries a, a challenge of creating boundaries putting themselves first working with where their old story is where their old patterns are where they, their boundaries were trespassed and that that became their norm that became kind of their point of attraction even energetically at, in, in terms of like the magnetic pull that we have. Um, as a clinical hypnotherapist, I help them reframe all of that and come into their own power in that old situation, help them feel their stance and their strength and make them and have them make a different choice in the moment so that they, that comes forward throughout their life into this moment. And, um, and just it's life-changing. <laughs> right. Good point. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? I also want to add to this mix of, of how do you take care of yourself is, is the fact that we need to ask more people for guidance and help. All right. Uh, we try to be very independent. We want to look good. We want to look productive. And we have it all together. But there are, you know, coworkers, friends, people in our, our network groups, which we can say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this project. Can I get some help? Or Susan, can I get some tools on while I'm in this very big project, how I can keep myself calm and free of anxiety? And I think that is a challenge where women don't feel they can ask as part of the socialization. Any other comments about that? Well, it's just interesting because you're right that women have a hard time asking for help, but they don't have a hard time getting together and having connections and relationships with each other. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just going out for coffee with a friend is a support and you know you feel that um, somatically <laughs> you feel the connection with the other person and that can really go a long way I think and it can then be a stepping stone I still think you know we need to feel more comfortable asking for help but um, even just by having 
cohesion, like in our group here and the other groups that I'm involved in. I feel like that is in and of itself support. This is one advantage I really think women have is that we do, we do get to, um, I mean, the negative version is quote unquote, be needy, right? Because women, the, the old stereotype is right. Um, the woman sh should be dependent, right? Uh, but the, you know, the pro side and the kind of the feminist restatement of that is uh, we get to have intimate, mutually supportive relationships. I think there's a lot more access for women in terms of the way we're socialized, um, a lot more access that we have than most men have to exposing our vulnerabilities with each other and entering in as, you know, a supportive partner uh, around that vulnerability. That's one way in which I feel like I'm, uh, it's a real blessing to have been born a woman. Yeah, well, women, I was in corporate for many years and I found even for myself, it was challenging to take that step to ask for help because of how it would be interpreted from the outside. And, um, you know, what I came to experience in myself is the more I am myself and the more I allow myself to be vulnerable and to redefine vulnerability, right? Because it's not weakness. Right. And it, it's actually just understanding your feeling, your emotions, being in touch with your emotions. And that's mm -hmm. a power, a place of strength and power. And so that really shifts everything as well. It's just amazing yeah. to be in your own strength and ask for help from a place of strength. Yeah, and I just adding to that, like asking for, or like staying kind of in your brilliance, in your wheelhouse, like this is what I'm really good at and what I want to spend my time on. And then reaching out for support in the other areas and, and kind of tying it back to uh, overwhelm again. If we try to do everything, even the things that really are not the things we're especially interested in or good at, of course, we're going to be overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So kind of this knowing what your core, this is what I want to give my energy and attention to. And then I'll get help with other stuff that also can help with the overwhelm. This is a slight, you know, maybe detour, but um, I think it's connected. I was reading about trauma the other day and one of the... Um, surefire ways to tell that someone's um, trauma is on the path to being healed is the uncomfortable but absolutely essential experience of starting to feel your feelings more and more fully rather than having them frozen or dissociated. And so the being able to take that step of saying my feelings are a source of strength um, is actually um, yeah, a, a sign of psychological, deep psychological healing and expanded capacity to be powerful. Um, so feels relevant here. Yeah, I like that, Gail. And um, I do a lot of work with trauma as well. And I think, you know, the overwhelm can also be seen in, as the fight or flight response for, of the nervous system. And, um, and then freeze, of course, is also, you know, part of the nervous system when we when we just go offline, because it's so overwhelming. 
Um, and getting, you know, being able to feel your feelings, you really need a safe place to be able to begin to, um, you know, come back into regulation where you can feel your feelings and not have them overwhelm you. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's a wonderful process when people can actually get to get to that place where they're feeling their feelings in a way that's um, contributing to their vitality. And, and, and that's great. I love uh, what you're both saying, because I think as women, it, it's I mean, for everyone, but we are so in touch with how, you know, how our feelings are dictating our life. And it is just a source, a golden source of information for us in the choices we make. So um, I love the mantra, my feelings are a source of strength. I'm going to I'm going to keep that in mind when I'm feeling contracted or closed down to get to the next step. That's great. Um, all right, we have about uh, maybe about five-ish minutes left or a little more. Any last words on what you'd like to uh, suggest to women or anyone on how to reduce the overwhelm in your life? Engage your breath. Mm. Breathe deeply, feel your body, use your hands, like put them on your knees, on your thighs, bring your awareness down into your body with your breath, curl your toes. <laughs> Remember you have the rest of your body. <laughs> bring it down, right? Bring all those thoughts and distribute and breathe in. And that's a great uh, suggestion, Pia. And just yeah. like even maybe a step before that, just becoming aware that, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Just kind of making that a conscious thing. All right, then I can take a breath. I can arrive here and then I can, you know, get everything out on paper or whatever process works. But just even acknowledging that, oh, that's what I'm feeling. It's, I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed. That's great. Cynthia, you were going to talk. Yeah, well, and then I get lost in this rich conversation. I know. <laughs> it's so fun. Oh, I know. I was just advocating, of course, you know, it's like, trust your journal, confide in your journal, and really allow yourself to express the things in your journal that it, even if you can't express them out loud, it gives you that out and it gives you a sense of... Um, I don't know, it sounds weird, but of being heard. Your journal will hear you if you have no mm. one else to listen. Mm. I like that. And, and I like uh, going back to what Susan said is creating a safe space with your journal. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can have that as a place where you can just unload your thoughts and your, you know, challenges and your, you know, things that you're excited about. And Go back to that when you're ready, as you said mm -hmm. before, mm -hmm. or as uh, Susan it, said before. It yeah. contributes to being our own witness, really. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be our own witness, our own advocate, our own, we're, really, we're caring for ourselves. And so journaling is a wonderful way to, to do that, too. Yeah, 
And that is our first place, is to really build that, that deep relationship, that deep, spacious, loving relationship with self. So when you do get information about, am I feeling overwhelmed, like Ulrika said, then you can trust what you are saying to yourself. And which is yeah, kind of listen into what's important here, like what matters here, like what's busyness and stuff versus what actually is important here. I think that's one next step as well. Okay. Yeah. And I have a mantra which I work with my clients. So it's not really mantra, but I, I have them ask themselves. Are they over efforting? <laughs> Not really a word. Over efforting. Are you feeling like you have to put more energy into this task, project, etc., than it really calls for? You know, start with that because we are, you know, we are again socialized males and females that productivity we have to be productive we have to show something and therefore that builds our external confidence and yet feels good to check things off the to-do list but what does it take to get there um are we doing more than we really need to and instead of as pia said sitting back and maybe breathing, inviting calm, as Susan said, and what, you know, and just recognizing, as Gail said, what is the fear? Is it excitement? Is it fear? What's driving me? And, you know, resort to under-efforting to get your tasks done. It sounds horrible, right? I just, I just felt like I cringe, like, oh no, <laughs> I'm under efforting. I'm going to get a, an F on this assignment. And, and I think a slight reframe there is to yeah. ask it and just say, how could this be easy? Oh, I like that. Right? It's just, mm -hmm. oh. yeah. <laughs> and there's the doing and the being. Right. So huh. we're so such a society that does, does, does. And so we want to just be mm. as well and try to use that as a balancing, you know, a way to balance. And Cynthia, sorry, go ahead. I uh, no, it's all right. What occurs to me um, with our somatic practitioners here is that, you know, our body keeps track. Right. So if we're in a constant state of overwhelm, it's a constant state of stress on our body. And it's if we don't take the initiative to manage that better, our body is going to have a message of its own. Mm -hmm. And I would much rather be productively caring for my, my psyche and my soul and my body rather than letting circumstances um, determine the outcomes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when somebody's really masterful, really at anything, like when you see actors, especially I think now as somebody in my 60s, you know, actors who've been doing this for a really, really long time or anybody who's great at their sport, there's such flow and ease in how they move through the task. Mm -hmm. And yet it's so impactful. Mm -hmm. And that's a kind of um, model that I mm -hmm. want to aspire to. And that sometimes you can catch yourself in that kind of flow, you know, mid midway through or after the fact, you're like, oh my God, 
(laughs) This feels fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, there's so many things that go into allowing us to enter that um, flow state, let's call it, you know, to borrow that term. Um, But when you're there, absolutely, it's the most efficient place to be. And it's not at all about effort. It's the opposite. Right. Well said. Maybe less is more, Gail, or, you know, less or more impactful. Less is more impactful, which is great. All right. Well, um, that is all the time that we have. Wow. Everybody has just imparted such great information. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, be a part of this and being part of our women empowering other women with powerful quality content to make impact in their lives. Great. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com. Dot com.